Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Rise and shine, football fans. Welcome to Morning Footy. Hope you had a fantastic (laughs) weekend. I'm Susanna alongside Nico Cantor. Jimmy Conrad is at the desk in person. I love seeing you in real life and not on a big screen. I appreciate that. You're I'm much, also not Charlie Davies. You're much you smaller in real life. I don't know how I'm supposed to take that. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis Guerreros isn't smaller either, but you know, no. it's neither. Different way. Either. You go up, I go. <laughs> Chris, Chris Whittingham is here this week for, uh, for some headlines. It's, it's, yeah. it's Susan and the boys all week. This is great. I'm great. excited. All right, let's uh, let's chat some soccer, shall we? Shall we talk a little AC Milan, Juventus? Mm. Big match on Sunday, and um, this game was. I'm gonna say I don't want to say boring for the first mm. 40 minutes, but it kind of was a little boring. Mm. And AC Milan were dominating possession, but then a red card happened. Malik Chow got the red in the box, and it just kind of changed everything in, in this game. Pulisic had to be subbed out, and it kind of forced Juventus to, to play play some ball. I, I mean, know. Christian Pulisic looked absolutely gutted to be taken out, as you would. And then, but, I, but he was sharp. I thought he was active, and he was busy, and he was at his best Christian Pulisic form. <laughs> and I love the, the front three with him and Leao and Giroud, and Giroud had a great opportunity. His first touch sometimes is just... Chef's kiss, but absolutely. Uh, also, Lao has this like I believe in the same exact play you're talking about. Lao has this smooth way of getting this extra space to send this beautiful cross. He, like his feet, almost like it's like ballet. Like it reminds me of Henri. He opens the hip up, sends a super smooth cross. It, it missed by by a small margin, man. That would have been amazing. It's all on the hips. Huh? I, yeah, it really is. <laughs> I, I can listen like to a lot of salsa. You would have shown the game at certain points. After mm-hmm. uh, Milan got the red card, I feel like if you would have shown it to anybody at any point, you wouldn't have guessed it was 10 versus 11. It didn't feel like it. It wasn't like Juve's dynamic changed too much when they were a man up, which was something that obviously helped them in their favor. But M- Milan did enough of what they could. I mean, the, the difference was a deflected goal was a, a horrifically deflected goal. The goalkeeper was going to no count as an assist for 10 assist, I was going right, to say, assisted sure. by... Young yeah. American Tim Weah, yeah. which you love to see. It was a very high XA I, pass. I, 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 <laughs> Jimmy's not give him convinced. That. I want to give him the assist. I'll give be honest. That. I was the beneficiary of an assist in MLS where I got one because of a throw-in. I had no business getting really? an assist. Yeah. It was the early days of MLS where you got the double assist. Right. So I threw it into somebody who then played an amazing pass, and then we scored. <laughs> and somehow I got, hey, I was, got I'll take it. I got, I got on the score sheet. I'll take it. But I don't know if you can qualify this as an assist. As much as I want Timo Weah to, to have this for him, yeah. what I loved about this particular play is that he set up 
he was central. I want to see more Timo Way in the middle of the field, but um, yeah, I don't know if you can call it an assist. I don't even know if you can call it a goal. It was, it was pretty, well, I mean, for Locatelli, because it was a pretty significant deflection. It was on frame, and it's a big goal. I mean, you know, they're, they're trying to climb up the, uh, the table, and they, they did a good job. Yeah. Hey, you get a red card, and the other team gets a red card, you get the benefit of an extra man on the field. Thanks, I Dad. think Tim Weah and <laughs> Weston McKinney, speaking of dads, uh, was, <laughs> both played well. Uh, you know what's significant also for <laughs> Tim Weah? It was in the Coliseum where his dad, George, oh. put on some of the best displays in his career. So Pretty you cool. get a nice little assist there and a Juve win. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, they Top are Top of the table's tight. T- it is really tight. They're uh, Juve now in third, just a point behind AC Milan, interesting on top. So, um, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it, all, how it all shakes out. Let's get into some more drama over Let's the weekend. MLS Decision Day. Dun, dun, we love dun, it. Dun. Oh, my goodness. Just a handful of teams vying for those final spots in the playoffs. Let's start in the Eastern Conference uh, where – I don't think this is what we predicted, guys, on Friday. It is not, but it will be uh, the New York Red Bulls and Charlotte FC who claim those last two spots in the East. Charlotte FC with the 1-0 win over Inter-Miami. And John Tolkien putting away the late-game PK to get New York Red Bulls into the playoffs for a 14th consecutive season. This is how the bottom half of the table looks at the end of the day. Eight and nine go to New York Red Bulls and Charlotte. Montreal, God, the heartbreak for Montreal, who really, really thought that they were in up until that PK from John Tolkien to give Red Bulls a win. And you saw the footage. Did you see that on the on the broadcast of them all gathered around the iPad watching the results, thinking that they were in, and then just that moment that Tolkien nails the, the oh. PK, and it's over. I just want to say that Nashville's Anibal Godoy doesn't like Montreal. It is very clear, <laughs> based on his decision to try to foul somebody in the box, when he didn't need to foul anybody, it didn't really matter, in the, what, the 91st minute? So, yes, we can now state officially Godoy does not like Montreal. It's <laughs> I'm just, willing, it's, 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 I'll back you on that. Once you see the play, uh. like, it's just no way. Yeah, and did you see the, the, the Red Bulls players, once the penalty kick happens, players just fall to the ground. up into the knees uh-huh. celebrating like, wow, bailed out. It was It was wild. Yeah. And John Tolkien, he spoke about it on our show on, on Friday, how they didn't want to be the team to break this this crazy playoff run that the Red Bulls have had. 14 so, straight. 14 seasons. seasons in a row. Yeah. 14 straight. And they were, they were perilously close uh, to that streak coming to an end. So, uh, I mean, this is, the, the Eastern Conference was, I think, a little bit more, had a little bit more drama than the West, but I'm really excited for the Red Bulls. I'm really happy for Charlotte. This is going to be their first postseason yeah. appearance um, and only their second season in Major League Soccer. So Getting over the hump against I know. Messi. Again. It was a crazy game. By the way, Red Bulls, the stat that you brought last week was longest active streak in American pro mm-hmm. sports getting to the playoffs? No, I talked about uh, sporting Kansas. Uh, St. Louis City uh, being the first uh, first first year team to win their regional conference. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, Dang. But you're right. In the uh, top five yeah. sports. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? 14 crazy. straight seasons. That's the most of any 
American Pro Sports. Yeah, you're right. Wow. And congratulations wow. to Charlotte. I got a chance to speak to a lot of the fans. Oh in their yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I thought uh, I saw you when they showed the clip. Yeah, they did. Shirt on. I was there. Yeah, that's no, that's a, it's a different big guy. I was wearing a Yankee hat. Shout out to NYCFC. I love you guys. Yeah, why don't you go to the game? It's funny. We'll talk about it in the break. I'll show you my DM. I'll show you my DM. So weird. Why would you? Well, sometimes you sign a contract and you have to do the certain things. Well, messy, messy, messy. No, shout out to Ally Bank. Ally. Anyway. The, uh, the, I got a chance to go Alexis to the pregame. Alexis would go play in the Saudi Pro League. <laughs> oh, 100%. Are you kidding me? Uh, I got a chance to speak to a lot of the fans, and you could see how hard they... This was packed. They were absolutely packed. I mean, not, not just for Charlotte, though, if we're going to be completely sure. honest. But at the Charlotte pregame, a lot of those supporters who I got a chance to meet a couple weeks ago when I hosted their supporters' belt tournament, they were just talking about how, how much heart and soul they've put into it. You know, you've got the ones from Central America, some from South America, some folks from the U.S. that are just trying to put the cultures together. And it reminded me of the beginnings of NYCFC when everyone in the stands was trying to do their own thing and they're really trying to put it together. They make it to the playoffs and they're really excited for the next steps. It's awesome. Get a chance to talk to them. Get a chance to see what it's like in the stands. It reminded me of the but, NYCFC But why days. didn't you go to the NYCFC game? <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. We'll talk about I love you all. I wore a Yankee hat, y'all. Yep, he tried. Mm, um, let's I gotta quickly. chase the bag. You know. Let's talk about the West. To quickly, my favorite MLS yes, clubs. Yeah, yes. San Jose. How many teams SKC. did you play? And they're playing against each other. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, so it's going to be Dallas sporting Kansas City and San Jose taking those last three stops uh, spots in the West. And da- I mean, we were a little worried about Dallas because they missed an opportunity against the Colorado Rapids. Yeah, but they're playing the Galaxy. So and that was like a slam. <laughs> yeah, that well, yeah, it wasn't great, but that was a that was just a no doubter for them. Um, Jimmy, are you at all surprised that that these are the three teams? No, I I willed it. So it is no dream, Susanna. I put it out on Twitter that I wanted this to happen. My two former MLS clubs, the Quakes and Sporting Kansas City, to get to the playoffs. Unfortunately, they play against each other on Wednesday. So now I'm torn. Who are you going to root for? Well, I got to go with the team that put me in their Hall of Fame. So that's Sporting Kansas City. There you go. Sorry, Sporting Quakes. I played a third of my career with the Quakes, so they get a third of my heart. But I play two thirds of my career with Kansas City, so they get two so, thirds. I love so it. basic math, Which, I gotta lean towards Kansas City. A, the atrium is sporting Kansas City? <laughs> yes. Okay. Atria? I like that. Atria. Is it Atria? <laughs> Trying to recall uh, seventh grade biology. <laughs> Good one. <Yeah. laughs> with the your Star chambers. Wars action figures. Yeah. Oh, Are we all boy. shocked Portland didn't make it? Do you know what? I, no. I was shocked? A, no. I thought, I think we thought, that was going to be a draw. I think I that was my prediction that it was going to be a draw because I thought at Providence Park, which is a very hard place to play, yeah. and Houston hadn't done that well on the road, I I was shocked they couldn't at least get a point. But credit to Houston, they looked fantastic they, in that. They got to be MLS Cup favorites or one of them. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the confidence so well. of winning the trophy, you just stand up a little taller. Like I, oh, we know how to manage this. We know how yeah. to handle that. And to go into Portland in a must-win game mm-hmm. and be like, eh, no problem, we got this. Pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah, Portland on the outside looking in. Uh, we're going to dive much further into Decision Day later on in the show. Right now, we're going to take a break. Chris Winningham will be back with some headlines when we return. Don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Morning Footy. Thanks for starting your week off with us. Um, And it was a great weekend for for many reasons. There's a lot of great soccer games, but also, also, we did pretty darn well on our footy wagers. Let's give it Everybody, up. Everybody, I'm so sorry, Nico. It's okay. Yeah. Nico is the only person to not okay. hit on his bet. You were so close, so though. So close. But you guys, this is, the fir- this is the first time I've ever hit on a bet. I had Stuttgart. <laughs> I did. It's true. Stuttgart winning and uh, Girasi to score. And Smart bet. They did. And I thought, you know, the decent value. I only, I, now I'm like, I should have bet more. Should have gone yeah. with the $50. Yeah, I'm surprised you only yeah. got $25. Uh, but Nico, it was that, that Turkish team that lets you down because all of your other teams hit. Yeah, Istanbul Sport has been god-awful, not won a single game in the mm-hmm. Turkish Super League, and Ankara Gücü with a good coach and Emre Bezolu, I had faith in them. Yeah, but, uh, you got some bad intel, no, man. No, they lost in Istanbul, so that was the one that made me fall apart. Jimmy, congrats, Will- guys. Jimmy willed all of his teams into existence <laughs> oh, on the day. I See, I was so impressed because... You know that I typically bet on the MLS I know, I'm surprised game. that you didn't. And I, but I was like, decision day is always so chaotic. Like, I don't, I, I'm going to stay away from it. But you just leaned right into it, and you hit, man. Well, I so leaned impressed. into making some relatively safe bets and then putting all those together to actually get some value. So right. I had Houston to win or draw in Portland for the reasons we mentioned before the break. Uh, Houston is a different gravy after winning the Open Cup. Mm-hmm. And then I had Montreal and Columbus, both teams to score. Montreal had to have that desperation. They needed to get a result. So mm-hmm. I knew they'd probably hit and the back of it once. And they scored first in that one, too. They did. They? they did. So that took some pressure off because I knew Columbus would definitely score once or twice. And then in my last game, I can't even remember what it was, but I had um, both teams, or I had uh, Dallas. FC Dallas to win or draw. Yep. And nice. the Galaxy are terrible. So that was a really easy <laughs> wow. one for me. That was I was going to say, one. they're bad. Wow. They're, yeah. just, they're bad right no, now. I think that that's they have a lot of injuries. There was no real so, purpose to their game, whereas Dallas had something to prove. So yeah. win or draw was easy. You put yeah. those together, easy money. I said it on one of these big giant screens, easy money, and you I was did. right. You they're did. so unorganized. Yeah. The they gave up two goals in the first 13 minutes. I, I could go off on the Galaxy right now, and I am actually, but we'll uh-huh. we'll keep it here. I like it. Ale- Alexis, Alexis. Playing, it, playing it a little safe over there, but you know Couple what? Couple slap singles. Slow I'm bunting. I'm really steady. bunting, really. The race. Come on now. That's all right. I haven't lost yet, Guess baby. Guess who's in the green? You. That's right. Why didn't you bet on NYCFC? Huh? <laughs> I just want to thank Ally for <laughs> sending me to Charlotte. <laughs> and wow. I want to thank, okay. I want to thank Jimmy's car for the window being broken and me grabbing his bag after this. Oh, man. Before we get to some headlines, let's look at our standings. Let's see where we go. Jimmy is in the lead. That's where I'd like to be. <laughs> oh, am I in second place? That is outrageous. Well, look at us. Alexis. Tied for third. I'm seeing a lot of green here. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. 
I'm proud my of technique us. might not work because we're all capped at fifty dollar bets. So even uh, if you guys no, lose, no hundred dollar bets, aren't we? No, no. fifty. Oh, fifty dollar bets. Um, by the way, just so everybody understands, this runs through the Champions League final. Every week we place bets, and. Uh, it's a marathon, it not a sprint. sprint. That's that's. A it's not how you start; message. it's what you finish. When I'm putting when I'm putting my parlays together, it's like, ooh, I like that game. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that game too. <laughs> and then we're getting around the third game. It's like, mm, oh no, I really like Istanbul Sport to lose. <laughs> it's it's very tempting. It's like I have to curb. All of the enthusiasm that I have, I have for. I have to tell uh, you though, guys, yeah, like because bets. I hadn't hit on a single bet, the feeling that I got. Go like, I was like, I'm like, oh no, am I like a, I'm turning, I'm gonna turn into just complete degenerate. You gambling. felt like the money was real. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I kind of get it. I see how people get addicted to this. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, Chris Whittingham, you've got some headlines. I do it's indeed. Great to, it's great to have you in studio. Yeah, again. it's great to be here. And I don't. I mean, this has sort of been the dig Alexis out morning. But I mean, <laughs> minus two twenty-five bets. I think they should be banned. <gasps> Like if your really? if your bets are minus two hundred or lower, I, I I just don't think that should be allowed. And what, and what are, what are the odds? Like you're, you're trying you're trying to win you're trying to win twenty three dollars for our audience. Like, uh, what are the odds that your opinion on this matters? Is that a minus two twenty five as well? No, that's a, that's, a, that's a solid even odds. Even odds even odds in my opinion mattering. But Jeez. let's get into the headlines here. And one of the unfortunate stories from the weekend is one of the greatest legends in the history of football passing away this weekend. England World Cup winner and Manchester United icon Sir Bobby Charlton died on Saturday at the age of eighty six. A key figure on England's 1966 World Cup winning team and Manchester United's 1968 European Cup winning side, Charlton is widely regarded as England's greatest player ever. And he became one of the sport's most high-profile ambassadors later in life. In women's soccer news, Flacco Andonovsky has a new job. The former U.S. women's national team coach has been hired as the new coach of the NWSL's Kansas City Current. Andonovsky returns to NWSL, where he coached FC Kansas City from 2013 to 2017, winning a pair of NWSL titles in 2014 and 2015. He served as USWNT head coach from 2019 to 2023, leading the Americans to a CONCACAF title in 2022, but also disappointing finishes in the 2021 Olympics and, of course, this summer's World Cup. In Greece, the Panathinaikos Olympiakos match was abandoned on Sunday after a Panathinaikos player was injured by fireworks thrown from the crowd. Spanish defender Juan Carr was injured early in the second half after being struck by fireworks as he warmed up on the sidelines with the match tied 1-1. Play was suspended for about an hour before match officials eventually decided to abandon the match. The Greek Football Federation has yet to announce when or if the match will be completed. In Germany, Bayern Munich midfielder Leon Goretzka is set to miss several matches after suffering a broken hand in Bayern's 3-1 win against Mainz on Saturday. Goretzka was enjoying his best match of the season, registering a goal and an assist before he was forced out in the 74th minute. Scans discovered a hand fracture and Goretzka underwent surgery on Sunday. He will now miss Bayern's upcoming Champions League match against Galatasaray. Staying in Germany, the top scorer in Europe and Susanna's new favorite player is facing a lengthy spell on the sidelines. Stuttgart strike Siryu Girassi will be out for several weeks after suffering a hamstring injury in Stuttgart's 3-0 win over Union Berlin on Saturday. Girassi scored his 14th goal of the season on Saturday, but he left the match in the 30th minute with the injury. The Guinea standout was in the midst of a breakout season, having already set a career high for goals in a season with his 14 goals in only eight games, the most of any player in Europe. Stuttgart is off to a dream start, sitting in second place in the Bundesliga with six straight wins. Nico. 
Kirasi has become a morning footy favorite with this amazing season he's been having. As you started to follow him more closely, what was making him so effective? And can Stuttgart keep this form without him? Man, Kirasi was scoring all types of goals. He had composure when he had to finish. He had that sweet touch. He could score from outside the box. He was chipping players. He, he was sitting down defenders. He was pulling out all the tricks to his arsenal. This is by far his best season. Full stop, goal scoring wise. He could in right now and it'd be his highest scoring yeah. season. He has wow. 15 goals in all competitions and the next highest goal scorer on Stuttgart has four. Stuttgart has been doing a lot of things right. It's the whole setup, it, it, it's a very organized team, but the next goal scorer, like the next striker is uh, Denis Unda, formerly of Brighton. He, he's the one that replaced Gigasi at the weekend. I, obviously, it is a massive detriment. Despite that your team is doing well in all ranks, when you lose a guy that has 15 goals already this, this early into the season, it's, it's a massive, massive loss. Uh, do you think what? How has he been unleashed this year? Like, what's been the the difference? I don't know. He's because eating something I mean, the, the level that of he goal hasn't been eating before is, is staggering. And <laughs> what's he's his only, breakfast? Well, he's start, I mean, he's the type of player where you know when you're scoring goals at that rate because he's what is he 27 years old? He's still like relatively young. I would think that there some of the bigger clubs are going to start sniffing around, being like, hey, do you see what this guy is doing in the Bundesliga right now? And so it's a shame that. The, the injury happened now when he's kind of in this incredible run of form. I don't know. Hopefully I, it's not long. I know, I know. But I'm, I'm just grateful I placed my bet before. <laughs> now or before. Yeah, yeah. Before uh, he got injured. He got when 30 they, minutes and you hit, still hit your bet. I know. When they asked yeah. him actually about his injury, he said as long as Susanna hit her bet. That's <laughs> <laughs> so the, the kind of guy he is. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate guy. him. I get well soon. Seru. <laughs> All right. Uh, we are going to take a break. We are going to dive into the weekend of Premier League action when we return. Jeff Shrees is going to join us as yes. well. Stick around. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. 
Welcome back. Here's a look at the weekend results in the Premier League. The Merseyside Derby saw Liverpool get the 2-0 win over Everton. Brentford 3-0 over Burnley. Manchester City get the 2-1 win over Brighton. Newcastle absolutely thumped Crystal Palace 4-0. It was a 2-2 draw between Chelsea and Arsenal. Manchester United 2-1 over Sheffield United and Aston Villa with a 4-0 win over West Ham. Let's get to the London Derby. Here are the highlights from Chelsea Arsenal. We pick things up early on. 12th minute here. There was a lot of controversy around that handle, yeah. right? As there should be. It was redirected, but I understand as the, by the letter of the law. It. You got to call by it. By the letter of the law, it is a handball, but a little frustrating to see. So a great start for Chelsea. A Schross. That's Woo. a Schross for sure. The Schross, but hey, McCollum Mudrick's going to get, you know, sort of get his confidence back. But Ooh, what a look at there. this by Declan Rice. Mm. Says he was inspired by watching the Beckham documentary. Yeah, I mean, he definitely... Picked a good opportunity, but I do want to talk about Bukayo Saka here and, and just the commitment by Trossard to get to the back post. Mm-hmm. It just feels like Chelsea found a way to hand the three points, or I should say splitting the points here. I mean, Chelsea's up 2-0. You got to lock it down. Yeah, you got to lock it down. When you look at, at their team, I still feel like they look at each other on the field and go like, hey, what's your name again? Wait, you... Wait, everybody's new on that team, or it feels like it. There's no real identity. And even though it feels like they got a little bit closer, I thought for a good portion of the game, they were the better team. But still, when they needed to get that result, they didn't get it. But if we're going to take a look at the game, we're going to, I, I would say, yes, Chelsea clearly still lacks something, that metal to sort of clamp it down and, and, and keep it together. But Cole Palmer, uh, De- uh, I was going to say Declan Rice, but Connor Gallagher and, and uh, Sterling, they're developing something there. Cole Palmer is a baller. There was, you know, there was a lot of questions when they bought him for Manchester City is, who's he going to be? From watching this game, he was, he was uh, providing great movement, great runs. A lot of, he, was, he was able to link up. He was very uh, threatening in front of goal. He looked like he could score at any moment or at least put a shot on frame at any moment. There was something where I was like, oh, okay, no, this dude is actually, there's something there. Yeah, but Chelsea, Chelsea's got to see these games out. Have to so see, especially late. at home. And they, they come apart with one error. Mm. You can't have that happen. Just considering the potential strength of this team, up 2-0 against Arsenal. Obviously, there's a lot of things to say in favor of Arsenal. The, the way that they're able to rally back into the games and be competitive even when they're not at their best. Mm-hmm. That's a great sign to see from this Arsenal team that despite a little bit of a, a, little bit of a drop-off, not yet, they're... They still have in their DNA this dog mentality that, you know what, we'll, we'll fight, we'll stay in. That's as, actually as, relatively as, new for this as, season. As long as we can. It is. Yeah. It is Last season it was about see. smooth wins. This season is about grinding it out. And the signing of Declan Rice, I mean, it's starting to look like a discount. As, as much as it was over 100 million pounds, it, was, it looks like a discount. The winner against United, you know, to get this goal back, uh, when didn't th- things didn't seem like they were going Arsenal's way, to sort of spark this bit of a comeback. I mean, as far as I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, sorry. Declan Rice is... You can't say 100 million pounds. Is a discount. I, just, I just did. No, you can't. You can't. Yeah. It's a hundred million pounds. It's looking pounds. like a discount. My brain kind of malfunctioned. <laughs> 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 well, we're talking a couple billionaires, me, Tyboli, you know, Stan Kroenke, just a couple billies. It's a lot of money. Having a conversation. It's a lot of money, Alexis. Yeah. Um, okay, so for, for more reaction from the weekend in the Premier League, let's bring in our very good friend, Jeff Street. Hello, yes, Jeff. Jeff. Hey, folks. How are you doing? I was really interested in listening to your discussion there, talk about the 2-2 game, because... Really, the big question is, how much did the goalkeepers, Robert Sanchez and David Raya, how much did they decide the outcome of that game at Stamford Bridge? Now, of course, all the talk here is about 
Mudrick's goal, Mikhail Mudrick. Did he actually mean that? Was that a cross or was that a shot? Now, to most seasoned observers, it was just a, a shank. It was a cross, <laughs> he slightly hit it wrongly, and it's gone in. But intriguingly, after the game, it was put to Mikhail Arteta that the goalkeeping coach of Chelsea, Tony Jimenez, had told Mudrick to keep an eye on him, to keep an eye on Raya, because he does indeed come off of his line. Now, if you see that angle there, it looks as though he deliberately chipped him. So I know you've got two big Arsenal fans on your panel in the shape of Susanna and Alexis. Did he mean it? Yes or no? And was the goalkeeper at fault? Uh, I I called it a shross. I don't think he meant it. I don't think he meant it only because... What? It's a, a shot, shot and a cross. It's a shot and a cross, yeah. Imagine they were, like, dating. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, Alexis. That, that's, that's nonsense. It's either a shot or a cross. You can't be a bit of both, can you? <laughs> I think, it, look, it counts as a goal, but I, I do not think he meant it. But as far as Raya being off his line, that he absolutely was. To not be able to get a hand on that, even a fingertip on that, is a little frustrating. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Jeff, because there was a moment at 2-0 where Raya made that mistake mm-hmm. with the the ball and Cole Palmer had a chance. Now Raya gets back into the the play and like bats it away and it goes out and, and kind of solved his own mistake, so it solved his own problem. But there's a big moment there for Cole Palmer to put that game away at 3-0, which we'd be talking about a much different result. Yeah. And also, I just want to correct Actually, something. I would like Suzanne a lot more if she was an Arsenal fan, but unfortunately, she's a Liverpool fan. That's okay. <laughs> it's all right. No, Charlie's the other Arsenal fan. Yeah, Charlie's not here today. He's that's all right. You were close. Uh, we're my, both my, red, my, you know. My We'll get, we'll get to your team. What's interesting as well about that game was Mudrick was taken off because Pochettino said he's still not at his best. And Pochettino, he, he echoed what you were saying in the studio just now as well. He said, we are knitting things together now. He can start to see his team come together. But of course, it was his goalkeeper at fault. And I would strongly argue he was at fault for both of Arsenal's goals that let the Gunners back into the tie. But that in itself begs the question, are we expecting too much from goalkeepers? Because the way the game is played now, they have to be good with their feet. Not just stopping the ball going in the net, that's not enough anymore. So should we be, I suppose, a little kinder and expect them, if they're going to be using their feet more, to contribute this type of mistake which can lead to goals? Are we too harsh on goalkeepers? Jeff, I just want to say that I fully expect our goalkeepers to be number 10s now. They need to be able to be so good with the ball and drop dimes all over the place. I mean, Ederson in particular is excellent at hitting line-splitting passes, hitting balls up over the top right to Erling Holland's feet. I mean, I think when you start to get... I don't know, you get to see that type of style of goalkeeper. There's an expectation. Well, look, it works for Pep Guardiola. We should try to implement that as well. But I I ultimately agree with Jeff. I think we are a little bit harsh on goalkeepers. Pep said at one point that if my goalkeeper makes that mistake, I'll allow it because he still feels there's some benefit from the goalkeeper playing out of the back and being the first point of attack. So if you have those tools at your disposal, use them. But then the discussion becomes Everybody wants their goalkeeper to do that. And some goalkeepers just simply are not at that level. <laughs> and when you want to play out of the back, when neither your center backs or your goalkeeper has that, I mean, the f- glaring example to me was the U.S. men's national team against Germany mm. when they were putting Matt Turner, a Premier League goalkeeper, under pressure. He does not have the quality to play out of the back like some other goalkeepers. And Berhalter's lack of ability to adjust to that, he really wants to play the way he wants to play. 
You know, we focus on the Premier League. I just feel sorry. like we're taking shots just, at the U.S. No, sorry. It was just and I will not stand for it, Nico. But, but, How's yeah. it feel, Jimmy? It but it, feel it's, not, it's not just Turner. It's not just Turner. I There's several it. other goalkeepers. I mean, look, we're talking about the Matt Chelsea, taking Chelsea Arsenal game. I'm, I'm going to actually say, and I know, I, Jeff, I get the point you're making, and I know you were being a bit sarcastic, but I do think if this game is going to de- continue to develop, it's going to be 11 versus 11, not 10 versus 10 with two guys that can just use their hands and stand there. It's going to come to a point where you're going to need your, your goalkeeper to be a bit of an attacker. Tiago Mota talked about how he felt his midfielder, as far as if you're looking at the, the, the field longitude, he felt his goalkeeper should be a midfielder, should be a, fur, a bit further up. It's a great outlet. If you can't play with your feet, if you're a young goalkeeper right now and you're not practicing playing with your feet, then you're probably not going to be that effective come later in your career because that just seems the way the, the game is developing. So while, while, yes, it's a little frustrating and maybe we're asking too much of our goalkeepers, at some point you're saying if that's the role you're asked to do and you're going to make a couple mistakes, you can take that. 100% Alexis, we are seeing definitely the evolution of goalkeepers. But what makes it even more interesting at the weekend is, of course, this continued debate as to whether or not Mikel Arteta was right in dropping Aaron Ramsdale and replacing him with David Raya. Mm. So every mistake he makes is under scrutiny mm-hmm. now. And of course, straight away, there's, you get this almost parallel conversation. As soon as Raya makes a mistake, our fans thinking, mm, would Ramsdale have made that mistake as well? So if that, I think that's what makes it perhaps even more intriguing surrounding the actual goalkeepers themselves, particularly in the case of Arsenal, where a seemingly excellent goalkeeper who took them to second place in the Premier League last season all of a sudden is dropped, having not really made any serious errors. Now there's competition, and it's it's unusual as well to have two goalkeepers, top-class goalkeepers, competing for the number one spot. Normally, there's a, there's a differential, isn't there? A little mm-hmm. differential. But these two are seemingly very, very close. And this weekend has only really brought the focus back onto that discussion. That's yeah. a really, really interesting point, Jeff. Um, I want to chat quickly about some of the other results over the weekend, particularly uh, the Merseyside derby. A 2-0 win for, for Liverpool. I'm curious. Um, we spoke about it um, with you last week, but what was the reaction uh, in the media to, to this result? Well, obviously, you're very happy. as They are your team. Apologies for my earlier error. Um, I'm not entirely sure that the 2-0 victory tells the whole story. The scoreline does not paint the complete picture. Uh, there's no question the officiating contributed to the game. But when you take a breath two days later and you look at the way it's being reported in the media here, then you, this is the quiet, if you like, this is the second coming of Liverpool Mark II under Jurgen Klopp. They're up to third in the table. 2-0 looks an efficient win. But there's no question, Jurgen Klopp himself said afterwards, you know, we were lucky. We got away with one with Canate. He should have had, or well, he certainly could have had, a second yellow card with Ashley Young already going off Breverton. So it would have made a very different competition at 10 versus 10. But a lot of people here picking up as well. It was a nice piece in The Athletic. It was also mentioned at the Times as well. The return to form of Virgil van Dijk. For so long, a, a, a linchpin, poor little back, a leader. But he suffered that terrible injury. And there were question marks as to whether or not he was back to his very best. Now, it looks as though he is back there. Also, Sabozlai, another sublime performance in midfield. He really is a, a really, really exciting player who makes things happen in the middle of the park. So, although perhaps the headlines are elsewhere, the underlying current is Liverpool are getting back to their best. I like to hear that. <laughs> I'm sure That you makes do. me very happy. And I agree, Sabozlai has been an, <laughs> an absolute wonder this season. So much fun to watch. Um, 
Want to ask you uh, some sad news in the, the football world this weekend with the passing of Sir Bobby Charlton. Uh, just curious to kind of get your thoughts on his legacy, what he meant to England, what he meant to Manchester United. Um, if you could put that into words, we'd, we'd love to hear it. Susanna, what's been interesting is it's been another fascinating weekend of Premier League football. And of course, sadly, Sir Bobby Charlton passed away on Saturday afternoon. So we are now nearly a full 48 hours after his death. Yet the newspapers here are absolutely dominated by features about Sir Bobby Charlton. And there's some really beautiful pieces being written, beautiful prose, wonderful words of a man who really was steeped in kindness, he was a gentleman, he was sporting, everything about him was class personified. And also, now that the, the book of condolences has been opened at Old Trafford, the absolute streams of people, supporters of clubs other than Manchester United, wanting to pay tribute to the great Sir Bobby Charlton. And most of the pieces today, when you look at them, they focus, they use words, I see a lot of the same words used, modesty, humility, and also thoughtful. He, he was that type of man who just, he led people in a quiet way. When I was asked about it, I said, everybody talks to you of having met Sir Bobby Charlton, they said that he had this wonderful kind of smouldering aura in that he just emanated goodness. And it wasn't just for his footballing achievements he's being um, spoken about today. It's also his soccer schools that he opened up. And also this is long after his playing grip. Bear in mind, this is a man who, play, who played his last game for Manchester United 50 years ago, yet he is still heralded by football supporters right across the world as one of the founding figures of the game. There was talk of his, his, well, his initiative to clear landmines in war-torn countries so that children had a safe space to play football in. He was so much more than a fabulous footballer more than a director of Manchester United. He was the very embodiment of the best of the game of football, and he will be sadly, sadly missed. It will be a very poignant evening this Wednesday evening in the Champions League when Manchester United face FC Copenhagen, and, of course, it's the Manchester Derby at the weekend. So he will be rightly remembered. Oh, really, really well said. Uh, Jeff, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for your incredible intel. As always, we look forward to catching up with you very soon. My pleasure as always, guys. Enjoy. Thanks, Jeff. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. Um, we are going to dive further into MLS Decision Day and a wild final day of the MLS regular season when we return. Stay with us.